Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we smash apart the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute chunks so we can analyze them in scrupulous detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Road to Infinity podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco. And Kyle, so getting back to uh, this minute of Batman vs. Superman, um, you know when... <laughs> uh, wait, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, we're, we're not here talking about Batman vs. Superman. <laughs> this is about Incredible Hulk. Well, no, but... I'm talking about uh, uh, Doomsday. No, and that and the weird that creature. The, no, no, the no, no, cre- no, no. We're not talking about. Doomsday. We're talking about abomination. Are Are you sure? I'm I'm pretty sure. Is that what the? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> uh-huh. See what we did there. Uh-huh. Release the Snyder cut. But meanwhile, we're okay. talking about minute eighty nine of the Incredible Hulk slash <laughs> Doomsday episode eighty nine. No, I'm sorry, Incredible Hulk. Minute 89, directed by Louis Leterrier from the far back distant universe of 2008. Um, We kid, we kid, we kid, kid. because we love. (laughs) CG is hard and character design is harder. Yes. (laughs) Sometimes things get reused. What are you going to do? So the the big cliffhanger everybody's waiting on is, what was the end of Ross's sentence? Yeah, what do you say? He says, turn us around. There you go. Now you can sleep today. There we go. So then we see, and we, we get back another another of the CG shots you were talking about, uh, uh, the CG helicopter banking and heading back to New York proper. Like I got to tell you, it looks pretty good. Yeah. I yeah, mean, so. honestly, they could have they could have totally dialed this in. I mean, it's a dark scene, so you're yeah. not going to get you're only going to get so much detail. Right. No, this this actually looks nice. It has aged well. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah. Because uh, we might not be as praiseworthy of the CG department in the rest of this minute. So No. Uh, but then uh, on the helicopter, Bruce notices that something has changed. And he says, we're going back. Why are we going back? Like he figures out that they, uh, they, they've pulled a Yui and they're headed back the other way. Ross is still uh, hovering over the thing. And he says, damn it, get me eyes down there. And you know whose eyes he's talking about, don't you, Rob? Oh, uh, t- tell me. Because it's time for another installment of our small action movie within an action movie. <laughs> Joris Jarsky is the white soldier. Arnold Pinnock is the black soldier. Ting Fong is an Asian cop. Jason Hunter is white cop. They are Delta Four. <laughs> Episode two, Blood on the Streets. Can I call an audible on that? Sure. The streets of New Canuck. <laughs> the streets of New Canuck. That's true. Anyway. Because, guess what, folks? This wasn't <laughs> shot in, in New York at all. Not even on American soil one little bit. So anyway, so the soldier turns on his helmet cam. Uh, that That is Joris, who turns on his helmet cam. And we get right. to see Arnold Pinnock and has his big line of the, of the thing. What the hell was that? Oh, yeah, it looks bad. Uh, as they're in their home V, uh, you know, flying along, and they see explosions on the side. I'm getting that they're running parallel to him. Right. Abomination. Like, he's on the one street and they're on the other. Uh, so as, as they're coming along. And so then now Ross is seeing the helmet cam straight out of Aliens. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Gorman back at the, the base. So he's watching this go on. So we're sort of watching it as he's watching it. Uh, so uh, our Humvee comes around the corner, takes a bad turn, and crashes into a car. Uh, we won't know how bad this damage is until a little bit later. They must have been going really fast because they're on Broadway, and they have turned onto Yonge Street in Toronto. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> they really took a bad turn. No, this, so this is, this is supposed to be West 125th Street uh, in Harlem. Uh, but it actually is Yonge Street in Canada. Uh, so they they redressed the entire thing. And, I, and I'll tell you this. Props to all of them because it looks pretty good. Like Yeah, that marquee 
is is legitimately cool. Yeah, like the, the, the Apollo. You see yeah. the Apollo. Yes. Like, that's, oh, come on. No, it's it, and actually we were just there. I think what two years, a little over two years ago, we went we went actually for a college tour at Columbia with my mm. daughter and. At first glance, if you weren't like eagle eyeing it, you'd say, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. A, that is a street in Harlem." Like I would totally believe that. Props, yeah. good, good job yeah. to everybody who's dressed I, and that. Literally, you can go through, and I'm not going to get into the minutia of it, just because we have a lot of stuff to talk about right. for this minute because uh, things are heating up. But if you go through and you pause at any moment, you can see so much work went into the dressing of this. I mean, like yes. every sign you see. That first of all, you know, doesn't have a U in the word color and that kind of stuff had to be redone. I mean, but and everything you see with Harlem, that's something the production made, brought there, and put up on the side. I mean, right. every uh, all the all the street signs, all the I mean, if there's you know post boxes, all those things are totally different in Canada. I, I agree. It it was great. I mean, it really looks like a street in New York. You would never really expect, except you know, it's just much cleaner. We've talked a little bit about this. The proper street lights. They're the vertical yeah. street lights, not the horizontal lights. Right. You're right. The mailboxes, everything, the cars. I mean, you know, we're seeing everything from like 70s LTDs to like a whole bunch of different stuff. It's completely believable. Just fantastic attention to detail. Yeah. Nice job. So they, they come around and we see uh, a car uh, frantically trying to get out of the way. This is a 1975 Oldsmobile Cutlass Salon, and it backs over a hydrant. Uh-huh. It's a car that's the same age as I am. So the the Humvee uh, clips the yellow cab and it blows out a tire, but it still keeps going, so you see sparks coming from there. Uh, on the right-hand side, you'll see actually a Canadian store. They did not change. That's Mr. Hi-Fi. That was a very famous electronic store in Toronto, uh, which sadly uh, did not make it through the last recession and had. To, oh. uh, it was a, it was a big sort of tourist, uh, their local uh, favorite place. It was the, their local Best Buy, but uh, you know a, a famous. Well, that's a nice little Easter egg for Canadians. Mm-hmm. I mean, like for Canadians, yeah, they're like Mr. Hi-Fi. I remember going. I remember I bought my first Walkman there. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, so speaking of landmarks, uh, we also see the marquee for the Apollo Theater. Uh, so this is entirely made up by the production department and hung up on in front of a, a regular store. Uh, the Apollo Theater was uh, established in 1913, has a long and illustrious history. Uh, they recently featured the Apollo Theater in a uh, one last season of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Maisel actually performed at the Apollo there. In, in, I think it takes place in 1953 or so. Oh, okay. Uh, so they, it was, uh, that's how long of a history it has in, in pop culture. And they're still shooting more stuff there now. Uh, we get back there. So we see uh, the abomination throwing a car. And he almost hits Omar Little. Oh, my God. That's Michael K. Williams. So Michael K. Williams, for those who don't know, uh, is a, a multiple Emmy Award nominee uh, for his role on The Wire. Oh, so yeah. Okay. He's on screen for maybe three seconds. And you're like, wow, that's what the heck was and then uh, you're off to something else and abomination you know blows up another car but it's like why the heck was michael k williams there now the first thought is you're like you know what everybody's got to pay their dues you know you got to like go through you got you got to do cameos all that kind of stuff right but that is absolutely not the case here because by the time he shot this cameo he had already wrapped the wire he had done 41 episodes of the wire and been nom- emmy nominated and he had done 13 movies Whoa. So this is not a paying your dues, you know, trying to make it into the big time. Michael K. Williams was big time already. So only recently, if we had done this this podcast, you know, a year or two years ago, that would have been the end of it. But it turns out 
because we're doing it now, Michael K. Williams has actually come out and talked about this. Oh. Why was he in the Hulk? And so he did an interview, and he talked about this. He was friends with Edward Norton, and Edward Norton said, you should come up and do a, a thing in the Hulk. And Lou Leteria is like, I love Michael K. Williams. Yeah, we should totally put him in the Hulk. And they brought him out to do that, and they actually shot a scene. And then didn't use it. <laughs> Wait, and, and, and we haven't seen this. This is not a deleted scene. We're... No, it has never been seen. I, nobody even knew this existed until he talked about it. Now, I have a quote from him. It was actually a scene that got cut out. It was a scene where I got caught between the Abomination and the Hulk, and I was trying to stop them from tearing up the streets of Harlem. But then I saw the Abomination was just so irate, I told the Hulk to go kick his butt. I'm also going to clean it up. I sure. can go along. So, I come out of the building, you know, I scream, and then I'm running with everybody else, and all of a sudden I get stuck between the Hulk and the Abomination, and I'm like, holy crap, what am I going to do? Everybody calm down, stop messing up my streets, why, do you, why don't you, like, go to Connecticut, fight over there, why are you in Harlem? And then finally the Abomination is getting real mad, and I'm like, you know what, Hulk, I don't like him, go take him out. <laughs> uh, I think Edward Norton was a little annoyed that my scene got cut because he wrote and directed it, uh, but I think he was a little annoyed with the studio because they vetoed him, and he uh, and he was fun to work with. Edward Norton put his heart and soul into that. He was very, very kind to me on set. You know, I guess the powers that be, powers of the pen, they call it, decided to cut it out. So that was from an interview with IGN. I want to say this, and you'll hear this again and again. Mm-hmm. There is a cut of this movie I want to see. <laughs> I know, right? That, okay, that scene you just outlined? Yeah is a modern MCU scene of perfect comedy. Yes. And in what is a insane action moment. Why would you cut that? I don't know. I came to The Wire late, and uh, but I... I have become a huge fan of Michael K. Williams. I have seen tons of interviews. Actually, if, if you're curious who he is or you, if you haven't done any of his stuff, I highly, highly recommend you watch the episode of Finding Your Roots with him on it. Because he gets to find out his entire ancestry and where his people came from. And the soul of that man is just astounding. Like, he has a fascinating story. Uh, so he deserved way more than three seconds of the Hulk. And you're absolutely right. That scene would have been great. Just him standing there and, like, the abomination roars and he doesn't react at all and goes, You know what, Hulk? Yes, that is... W- yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Going back to the the setups of these scenes and you're talking about mm-hmm. like the CG of the cars being flung and even like these long shots. There's some there's great shots that we have as we're looking at when we study them. Mm-hmm. The one like big uh, long shot where you see all the crowd and you see all the people in the street. You see the explosions in the background and a perfectly rendered yeah. abomination in the back, just like yeah. hulking. No pun intended. Hulking in the middle of the carnage. Beautifully shot. Yeah. I mean, and it's not beautifully shot because this is beautifully right. composed. Long because lens. this is a ton of different things yeah. all being brought together to make this the shot. This all looks great so so far. So far, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we we uh, we go from Michael K. Williams and then we cut back to the helicopter. I love this little reaction. Bruce is still in manacles, still sitting on the thing, and he hears Abomination's roar and says, "No." This is his nightmare come right. to life. Someone else has cracked it, and and there's another Hulk loose. Ross looks over to him like, okay, so you, you want to explain what's going on here? <laughs> You're the one who... Uh, so um, when we cut back to uh, the ground, and we see in all his spiny glory, 
the abomination from top to tail. Well, we do have a moment of Bruce stands up to see what's on the screen at the same time. Oh, right. Yeah. And, yeah. The, and the other soldiers are like ready to go like, dude, what are you doing? Because they think he's going after Ross. Yeah. And very quickly they realize, no, he just wants to see it for himself. Yeah. And, and so, so when he sees it, we see it. Right. And there is kind of a neat moment where they do share Ross and him share a moment where it's maybe the only moment in the movie so far where Ross <laughs> doesn't want to kill him. Right. Because yeah. now he's just like. Oops. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> We're on the same page now. I may need you to do me a solid here, Bruce, because uh-huh. uh, I think I did something bad. Um, and, th- and then we do. We get this great yeah. uh, sweeping. Again, this movie mm-hmm. is good for its sweeping shots. Yeah. Up the street. And there it is with no yeah. no with no Batman or Superman in sight. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, and no pants. No pants. Yeah, no pants. Uh, rather, that was a big conversation in the, in the thing, too. Also, the, the one of the big defining features in the comic books of the Abomination is he has these um, pointy ears. He has, like, uh, Spock ears, almost, like, that stick out from the sides. Uh, every version of his character, he's always had those. And they decided, no, we shouldn't have those because uh, if they were in there for real, uh, Hulk would just bite them off. What? I guess... Shades what? of Vander Holyfield. I don't know, but that was that. There's so like the one sort of defining thing, and they they took it away. But yeah, so let's t- let's talk about the abomination. Sometimes bad design happens to good movies. Uh, so I'm a big fan of the Hobbit movies, but I hate their goblins. Oh. Hate them. I think they're terrible. And same thing here. I cannot stand this design. I, and I'm sorry for all the people who worked really hard on it and and slaved and labored over it and all this stuff. But what is going on with the abomination design? Like, okay, so he has the regular human head on a long, elaciated like giraffe kind of neck, and then giant clavicles that are out, and then spines down his back. Okay, spines coming. Godzilla back. Yeah, Godzilla back. Yeah, well, yeah, I, ridges would be fine, but like, I mean, like the plates, sure, but like the the pointy things that point down, I don't know what the point of those are. And then why the extra joint in his legs? Just a beast, beastie. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then just and just and then just like check out my yeah. rib cage, y'all. It's like, on the outside. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. Right. Ribs are in the season. It, oh boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I this is this is, I, I I cannot stand this. I don't I don't know what was going. No, I and I understand Hulk is just is basically Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's just a giant right. massive muscle. He's just a big he's just a big green dude. Like I know they had to go somewhere different with this too, but like I don't know how many people had to go that you look at the that design on a piece of paper and go, "Yes. That's my guy." And we don't have any there's you know, like uh the thrown away designs, nothing like that. Nothing's out there. It's no, just this th- is it. No, because because of 2008, like there's very little yeah. of that stuff that actually survives. And because it's the black sheep, it doesn't show up in any of the Marvel art books or anything. And nobody's going to do like the the deep dive into the making <laughs> no. of the Incredible Hulk at this point. It's yeah. it's us, baby. Yeah. It's you and I mean, me. No, I mean, okay. So here's a couple things I want to say about this. Number one, I'm a designer, or at least I try to be, right? And here's the one thing I know after 25 years of doing this. You have to make your peace with yourself. If you're a creative person, I think of any kind, not just designers, writers, I'm sure, and everything. Oh, sure. When you're, write, when you're writing for other people, right? Yeah. You've got to make the peace with the fact that sometimes your best work ends in the trash. Oh, yes. Absolutely. There's no, that just happens. It's not about selling out. It's just, hey, this is what happens. You, you get contracted to do a job. Sometimes that is not the stuff that ends up in the final version of whatever art that it is you do. So there's no, that's number one. Yes. Number two. I mean, I think we also take for granted because 
there has been such amazing artistic direction in these movies. And when I say these movies, I'm specifically talking about the MCU that we have gotten spoiled. Yeah. We have gotten spoiled where where lightning is struck. It's gorgeous Mm -hmm. and it is beautiful. And we love the way how they've reimagined something into the real world from the comic book page. And all of this stuff is incredible. And this was just one of those times where a lot of smart people, very talented people said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And it doesn't work. What I am just blown away by this design is, well, and, and okay, and clearly it's not just, it doesn't just happen here. Our jokes, which again, we're not meaning to, you know, uh, yeah, it's, deride I, people's I, work. People made a lot of money. It, no, of course, no. And, so it's like, we're just armchair quarterbacking here. But it does, if this were a DC minute-by-minute podcast, right, we would talk about that Batman versus Superman movie because there were a lot of people not happy with Doomsday in yeah. that movie. And yet they... Ha- they, yeah. they they share certain design mm-hmm. ideologies, right? Oh, yeah. I, I actually dig. You know, we didn't talk about this in a previous minute, but his first reveal when he first transforms and they do the close-up behind him as he's, as he's standing over uh, Stearns, mm-hmm. it's, his, his skin is, like, translucent. Yeah. It's actually a really nice effect, right? Yeah. I, I, I like that. I, I think this whole monstery, beasty thing with the oversized hands and legs, right, and stuff, everything else, I can't deal with the pinhead. Mm-hmm. That little tiny human head. I'm going to pull from another science fiction franchise, right? Alien Resurrection. The human hybrid oh, alien. Yeah. The human alien it's, hybrid. That's yeah, with the, the face, face on the alien it head. It doesn't yeah. work. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to say. Like, no. I, yeah. And, and we know that by the time you get to this point in the movie that this was being yeah. oh, controlled yeah. by committee. Like this, this is not this is not like a, a pure uh, auteur thing where they're just allowed to do whatever they want. This isn't you know Mars Attacks or something where they're basically just like yeah, yeah you know what you're doing, go do whatever you want. Uh, this was like very much like there were a lot a lot of of cooks in the kitchen at this point, especially in this point of the movie. Here I'll try. I'm going to try to be positive. Okay, please do. That voice is velvety. The voice those, is really good. Those growls. I mean, yeah. they are just like. So that there's a couple like, things. Right? That, first of all, it's it's that's Tim Roth. Obviously, they like Tim Roth did the voice of Abomination, and they and they did some you know uh, audio trickery. But there's another guy that's involved in that, and that's Fred Tattasore. So Fred oh. Tattasore is actually a a very uh, well regarded voice actor, and he is the voice of the Hulk. And pretty much anything he's like you know Disney has their stable voices. When they need a Hulk, he's the guy they call. And so he has a incredible low range. And so he can really do those growls. So I think even in the in the previous in '88 when there was that that chuckle, I'm pretty sure that was him. Like I know his voice pretty oh, well. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, so he did a lot of, and and actually, uh, according to IMDb, there's like four or five different people who are involved. So I don't know if they just brought in other people just to do different sounds. Uh, but I know that that Fred was one of the people who was uh, uh, definitely involved in helping to to shape the voice of Abomination. Well, that's nice. I, I like that a lot. Uh, as 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 we after we we look upon uh, our our works and weep, uh, then we cut back to the helicopter. Uh, and so there's there's just a great almost like a uh, like a slow turn of Bruce looking over to Ross like, okay, <laughs> what now? And that's where a minute comes to an end. And it ends. We don't we don't know what is what is what's yeah. going to say right. Yeah, okay, but it's a it's a great turn. Well, not only that, but here's the other thing that's beautiful about it. It's all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> so here's the weirdest. We got to this last stretch of the movie, this total threes a crowd where it's not worked, <laughs> and amusingly, they all now and and it. I think I love the fact that it's setting up for that. Ross is now the one on the hot seat. He's the one that is the screw up. Mm-hmm. I love just the whole look and the framing of that. That like, okay, mm-hmm. now what are you gonna say? Uh-huh. Just, 
that's and it. we won't find so. out until minute 90. Uh, so in the meantime... All right, so now... Kyle, I you know we could probably agree that uh, in the world of characters of, of of CGI characters, maybe this abomination is not a five star design. No, I, I would definitely agree. It's definitely not a five star design. The voices, I still love that voice. That, that but voice say, is fantastic. and maybe that's the thing. Maybe the the voices are worthy of five stars. Oh. Continue. So what? What else? So if you like, you know, if you if you there's we, we try not to be negative, even though I think, but so we focus on the things we loved, and we loved the voice. So yes, for all the people, for those for those many people who helped contribute to that, maybe they are worthy of those stars. What is one way that our our wonderful listeners could honor the quality of that voice? So you could take those five stars and head over to another uh, place where that features a lot of voices, and that's iTunes. Or any podcatcher, really, that focuses on people's voices. And you drop those five stars right on the review area of the Marvel Movie Minute and let the people know how much you appreciate the sound of the human voice. Absolutely. (laughs) And if that's not enough for you and you don't want to write a review, there also is an internet phenomenon that you can try and jump on. It is is a bandwagon. You need to jump on it. And it is five five stars for Spar. Drop five stars in, put five stars so far in the review. We'll know, you'll know, and it'll help us uh, find more friends to enjoy this podcast. Way to go. Thanks. Hope you had a smashing good time. Until next time, true believers. Bye. Bye.